Hello, this is Jeff Otis, partner at Evergreen, and you're listening to Coffee with Evergreen on the Evergreen Exchange. I hope you enjoy this 12-minute conversation between myself and co-CIO Jeff Dix. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, listener, this episode requires an extra disclosure. Jeff Otis is an employee and partner of Evergreen GovCal. All views and opinions expressed by Jeff and any guest of the podcast are solely the individual's views and do not necessarily reflect the views of Evergreen GovCal. Evergreen GovCal's clients may hold securities mentioned in this podcast at any given time. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions or be considered investment advice. Enjoy the episode. All right, we got Jeff Dix back with us. And Jeff, welcome back. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me. We're going to talk a little bit about market conditions today. A little coffee with Evergreen. Keep this brief. Um, We've seen some heightened volatility recently in the market. What's driving that? Yeah, um, we certainly have. Yesterday was one of the biggest down days we've had uh, since earlier this year. I think uh, the main the main headline issue, and I think there's a, fa- a couple other factors at play here, but the debt ceiling is coming up uh, this Friday, uh, and technically the debt ceiling is a legal limit on how much debt the federal government can can issue. You know, President Biden and Congress want to raise it, but the Senate has kind of filibustered an increase. Uh, the official debt number, I believe, is at twenty eight and a half trillion. And the major risk is that the debt ceiling's not raised, and in that scenario, it's possible the U.S. would default on its debt obligations. And if that were to occur, that would be a major. That would have major ripple effects through financial markets. Uh, it, it would be, you know, disastrous for our budget, and and it would be, you know, a major negative uh, for financial markets. Does that seem likely? I mean, we, we've been through here. We've been through this before, right? So, like, yeah. what are markets? What are markets trying to price in? What are markets anticipating on the debt ceiling? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so you look at, you know, there's been ten or so of these episodes over recent history. Really, nine out of ten of them, there was really no lasting impact on financial markets, economic growth. Uh, you know, the, the debt ceilings got passed. You know, you look back, 2011 was the exception. Uh, that's when Obama was in office. The Republican Party controlled the House of Representatives. And essentially, they did not want to raise the debt ceiling without demanding, you know, some concessions. And what happened then was back in July, Obama uh, eventually reached a deal uh, to raise the debt ceiling, but that was spared with, uh, paired with big spending cuts. Uh, given kind of the last minute ordeal there, the U.S. Um, the U.S. credit rating was downgraded from AAA. That also coincided with the European financial crisis. Uh, so it was also during a choppy environment uh, for financial markets. So back in 2011, the U.S. stock market fell just under 20 percent, uh, and, and and the debt ceiling kind of what initially it was what initially caused that, and then it rippled through through the European. Uh, financial crisis. Um, So, where we are today is the Senate, uh, for the second time, blocked a Democratic move to raise the federal debt limit. But in addition, you have some other stuff going on. A group of progressive Democrats also opposed a bipartisan infrastructure bill that was planned to vote on Thursday. Uh, So, there's kind of some conflicting things on both sides where you have some headway or some headwinds to getting this done. Um, But what looks most likely 
at this point is that the Democrats can use a budget reconciliation process uh, without needing, uh, you know, the Republican votes to eliminate the debt ceiling so or to raise the debt ceiling. So that's the most likely outcome in this scenario. But when you kind of get these you know, headwinds, you start to see some market volatility. And I think the market's just pricing in, uh, you know, a little bit of, you know, a very small odds of something, you know, catastrophic happening. But when you get these, you know, things that you can have some heightened volatility. Wouldn't you describe debt ceiling almost like a credit card limit where, where you're up against your limit and then you're asking your bank to raise your limit almost, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's not that many other countries out there that have a debt ceiling. I think there's maybe two others. And, you know, I think largely the investment community doesn't believe the U.S. will default on the government debt. It's almost, you know, it's not it's almost not a real thing. Even if I guess you kind of can think about what would happen if the government were not able to raise the debt ceiling. And, you know, it could be catastrophic, but maybe you could also get shaken off that, you know, the, you know, maybe we don't pay our employees for a few weeks, but we're still able to pay obligations on treasury. So we don't technically default on treasury debt and things kind of normalize. Hopefully we don't see that, but I think sure. largely, you know, we don't think there's going to be any sort of issue, um, but it kind of comes down to the last minute when these things happen, especially when you have a, you know, somewhat divided uh, Senate. What else is driving markets right now outside of debt ceiling? Yeah, I, you know, I think interest rates is, is one and Fed policy. And, you know, when you get what we've seen over the last few days is interest rates have gone up from 1.3 to 1.52. So 20 basis points in a matter of, I think, four trading days. And it's not it's certainly not the absolute level of interest rates at 1.5 on the 10 year. It's more the rate of change for interest rates. Um, so you've seen that spike up. And with how much debt's in the system, when you get a trading action like this, especially with U.S. rates, you tend to get added volatility. But with that said, the 10 years only at 1.5, so it's not necessarily a level that I would consider damaging to the economy or equities. But you know, with, with the world we're living in, with how much debt's outstanding, when you get these sharp moves, you kind of tra- traject that out to if this is really a changed environment, if, if interest rates really do spike, that could be rather damaging for the economy, for certain sec- sectors of the market, particularly long duration, duration assets like tech. So, you know, you saw tech come down sharply yesterday, you know, and have a little bit of a correction. It may be the first quarter since the pandemic where where tech stocks are down. Um, so I think interest rates won. Also, the Fed uh, did announce that they're likely to taper um, their QE uh, before year-end. And then if you think about interest rates, there's there's been a lot of factors that have pushed interest rates down. Um, and, and a lot of these factors are going to change. One's net supply. You're going to see a lot more treasury supply hit the market as we move forward. We're getting close to a deal on infrastructure. We'll see if it passes, but if it does, it's most likely going to be deficit finance, which means more supply. In addition, the Fed, uh, as mentioned, is going to taper, so there's going to be lower demand. Um, also, if the Delta variant does subside a bit, and we do think it could be peaking out, uh, you know, that could be for good for growth in the economy. So a lot of these factors do point to higher interest rates. I think that's one 
And the third factor I'd say is inflation and, and in particular energy prices. Uh, you know, I think that definitely is making the market nervous. For energy, we have natural gas prices at seven year highs. Uh, oil just uh, briefly hit 80 uh, in Europe. Uh, Brent, uh, the Brent benchmark price. Um, there are supply surges around the world, and somewhere at really dangerously low levels, particularly for natural gas, say in Europe, um, there's actually concern that if it's a really cold weather, there could be um, not enough supply to um, you know heat certain homes, which could be dangerous for consumers. Um, and on the on the energy side, it, it's it's almost self-inflicted in a way. Governments around the world are making a lot of moves to limit fossil fuel investment, drilling, development. I'll stipulate that statement that there's no doubt we need to transition to cleaner, more environmentally friendly power, but there needs to be a transition. And while we're limiting production on one side, we're then you know, lobbying OPEC to pump more oil. And then when you depress oil in the US, that means less associated natural gas. Uh, and we are at a shortage of natural gas, so we're seeing rising energy prices. That leads to higher um, prices for consumers, higher not only you know at the pump, but also heating uh, prices are going to go up as well. So you're starting to see that. In addition, we have you know other acute shortages for raw materials, semiconductors. Labor prices are going up. So you're seeing a lot of cost pressures as well. And I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing for labor prices to go up, but if you look at earnings reports across the S&P 500, you know, you're starting to see margin pressure. You're starting to see, uh, you know, earning, earnings revisions, and a lot of that inflation is creeping through that's affecting equity markets. So I think all of these factors are playing a role in the heightened volatility near term, likely to stay elevated. Um, if the debt ceiling battle intensifies, if interest rates continue to spike higher, if you see energy prices continue to go up, that all could lead to a, you know, a moderate to larger correction, you know, maybe 5-10%. Uh, if the debt ceiling really becomes an issue, I think you could get a larger correction than that. But most likely, the debt ceiling will get resolved over the next three weeks, and then you likely, you know, probably see a rally between now and year end. I mean, the back out, the back quarter of the year, particularly the last two months, tend to be strong. So I think any correction we see here uh, makes sense to do some buying. I would say that on the big down days we've had, we have done a little buying in our portfolios. So I think taking advantage of the volatility makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a quick, quick recap there, Jeff. So really nothing going on, right? Just a pretty sleepy fall period here in the markets. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess yeah. last question I would say, and this would be tough, right? But do you see this intensifying? I know you gave a little bit of a, a forecast there, but I mean, do you think things with, with inflation, interest rates, and we've been talking about these themes for ever since we started the, the series of podcasts that we've been doing. So these are not new topics, but does it intensify ahead? Yeah, I think with the factors we talked about, I don't necessarily think interest rates intensify, and, and really what I mean there is the rate of change. I don't think you're going to see interest rates go up 20 basis points over four days you know, going forward. Now, I think interest rates are going to grind higher, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think if interest rates grind, grind higher on a better economy, that's not going to cause significant volatility. I think on the inflation side, uh, what I'd say is inflation potential to be far higher is is, is has gotten higher so 
um, with the supply bottlenecks, with the wage pressures, it's far more intense than most economists had envisioned. Uh, I th- I still think a lot of that stuff will, uh, for lack of a better word, I don't even I don't like really like using the word transitory, but some of this stuff's going to come down next year. Whether that's use use car prices, um, you know, energy prices eventually will will moderate. Um, but we are seeing housing prices go up, rents are going up, so you're going to be in a period of higher higher inflation, I believe. Um, but I don't necessarily see this as a intensifying, you know, correction or bear market. And I think the debt ceiling will get resolved. And there's still a lot of pent up demand, and the consumers, uh, U.S. consumer, has a lot of pent up savings. So we still, I'm still optimistic on the economy. Earnings have been very strong across the S&P 500. Though, like I mentioned, margins are being pressured a bit, and there's a potential for higher tax rates. Valuations are are, are still stretched right now. Though there's though though if you look at the value segment of the market, whether it's financials, energy, healthcare stocks, um, there's a lot of good opportunities we see. Uh, so I, I, we're still, you know, I'd say I'm still optimistic. We're still optimistic, but near term, I'd say yeah, you can get a, a bit of a correction. Uh, as long as, say, we don't let this debt ceiling lapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, get really good recap. I, I also just find it very interesting watching what's happened with the energy markets over the last 18 months. You know, basically left for dead almost a year ago, year and a half ago. I remember oil being negative, right? And that fluky kind of supply buildup uh, there. I think it was like late March, right? Right in the early period of, of COVID. Yeah. And now you're, you're saying energy, you know, go price of oil up to almost 80. So... Appreciate your time today, um, and we'll get you back on again. Sounds good, Jeff. Evergreen Gobcal is a wealth management firm with offices in Bellevue, Washington, Portland, Oregon, and California's Bay Area. We provide investment management, tax compliance, family office, and retirement planning services. Evergreen is accepting applications for new clients who align with our firm's investment and planning approach. If you think you might be a fit with us, follow the link in the show notes to fill out our prospective client compatibility survey.